Welcome to the Real Deal Leadership Podcast, where we inspire you and those you lead to achieve success beyond anything you've ever imagined. I'm your host, Greg Corrali, and I want to thank you for joining me. Let me ask you right out of the chute here. Did you ever feel like kicking your boss's ass? I mean like coming across the table angry or telling him or her to go take a flying leap in front of the whole team. Well, who hasn't? I guarantee every boss has been a jackass at some point. And if you're saying to yourself right now, or not me, well, then I call bullshit. I've been one, you've been one, and so has everyone else. Did you ever wonder why you keep getting passed over for the promotion? Why is it always your peers who are getting the nod versus you? Did you ever take a hard look in the mirror and maybe realize that you're not doing what needs to be done to get the big job? Hey, it's graduation season. New grads. Are you excited about joining the corporate ranks in your new gig? I certainly hope so. But do you know what to expect? Are you interested in any advice or lessons learned? So you can start your career off right and focus on the right things. Okay, have I got your attention yet? Hey, look, I hope so. This is what the Real Deal Leadership Podcast is going to be all about. Real world, practical advice that can help you be a better boss, a better leader, achieve results, land that big promotion, and help others in the workplace. So welcome to the launch of The Real Deal. This is it. This podcast is going to be different than others. It's going to be clear, concise, and to the point. I mean, aren't we all busy enough? Do you really have an hour or two to listen to a podcast and try and decipher some usable lessons to practice? I know I don't. And you're not going to get that here. I've literally been bored to tears trying to listen to some other podcasts. I lose interest in minutes with all the blather. Now, what you can expect from me It's a weekly delivery of best practices and guidance, and it's going to be filled with illustrative examples of how things get done and don't get done in corporate America. So who am I and what have I done that might make you tune in every week? Well, in short, I spent almost 35 years in corporate America at four different companies, multi-billion dollar corporations in both the U.S. and Canada, primarily the U.S. I've worked and adapted to cultures in the Northeast, Midwest, West Coast, and even Canada. I started digging ditches as a union laborer for a couple of summers back in the mid-80s, and I ultimately wound up as a senior executive with a couple of companies in the same industry running operations almost all of that time. I've seen a lot, and I want to share those experiences with you. You know, what worked, what didn't, and offer to be your leadership mentor. Everybody needs a mentor, no matter how experienced you are, how many years in industry you've got. So I decided about a year ago, after leaving my last gig, that although most of my career is behind me at this point, that I've got tons of energy yet, and I want to have fun no matter what I do for the rest of my life. So does that mean that I wasn't having fun? Well, look, here's the reality, folks. I've always said this, and I've always thought of work as a a roller coaster ride. There are good days and bad days. And as long as the good ones outweigh the bad ones, then I stayed on. And when work became a trudge rather than a pleasure, I moved on. And to be honest, at times, corporate America, it can be incredibly invigorating. And I had an absolute blast working for the companies that I did. I really did. 
I'm incredibly grateful for what they provided me. A solid, stable, secure life, right? Certainly financially fulfilling, but professionally challenging. I've had opportunities to work with thousands of people. They've been amazing. I literally learned to love management and leadership. Really, I do. And that's why I want to share it with you. So my my last role in Canada, I spent a couple hours talking with the co-op students. Right, They're soon-to-be graduates of engineering, finance, marketing, all kinds of majors. And I realized that they have hopes and dreams of a rewarding career. They also have lots of questions about what to expect and what course to take. I literally could have talked to this group for days. And then that's when it clicked for me. So in addition to wanting, wanting to eat dinner with my wife every night and see my kids as often as I can, I thought it might be a great time to start sharing what I've learned over my career and to do that from home, at least for now. All right, cool. So let's get into some juice here. What do you want to hear about? What kind of episodes and topics am I going to cover? Now, look, I'll start with, I've got a quote on my website, gregcorrali.com, that says, challenge everything, set the bar incredibly high, and execute relentlessly. All three of these concepts, there'll be episodes And in my humble opinion, these just happen to be in the keys to achieving outstanding results time after time. I mean, let me ask you, right? Did you ever see someone achieve greatness by setting the bar low? Or simply maintaining the status quo? Or not be able to get things done? Think about it. Do you want to know one of the key leadership traits to exhibit right now that will always keep you ahead of the competition? You sure? Here it is. Be proactive. You were probably thinking something more profound, weren't you? Now look, I think you need to stay two steps ahead of everyone rather than waiting and being reactive. So let me ask you a question. Are you somebody who waits for things to happen or do you make things happen? Are you a victim or are you get-or-done kind of person? Now these happen to be components of one of my favorite organizational development tools, and I think one of the best of all time, the accountability ladder. I'm going to do a whole podcast just on this tool. All right, let me keep going with other topics that I'm going to share with you. I'm going to cover leadership courage. Now, let me tell you that if you don't have it, leadership courage, be prepared to live a corporate life of mediocrity. If you don't take some chances, put your opinion out there, accept a risky assignment here or there, Don't expect to stand out amongst the crowd, all gunning for the same promotion you're after. How about this for an episode? Conflict avoidance. Did you know that getting conflict out on the table, or literally creating it, that conflict that's embedded in people's thoughts and company culture, it is the key. It's it's not a key, but it's the key to making organizational progress. And if you think it's easy to do, you'd be wrong. Why? Well, did you know that statistically speaking, 80% of the population, they're conflict avoiders. People simply can't handle the tension and stress associated with conflict. I swear, I watched a CEO, one of my former CEOs, almost become physically ill every time I tried to bring up conflicting issues within our company that I felt needed to be resolved. It's no wonder that we could never operate as a cohesive team Since those conflicts, they were never resolved. Okay, here's another one. Great one, by the way. Now, 
I'm getting all these topics and ideas by looking at what I created about a year ago, which is called a mind map. A mind map. It's a, it's a visual representation of information all around a single concept. And in this case, leadership. So I created this back in my apartment in Toronto as I was contemplating what I might want to do in the future. Anywho, let me pick another one for you that I think will be helpful. Are you afraid of public speaking? Well, if so, you know you're not alone, right? In fact, did you know that most people fear public speaking more than they fear death? In fact, it's ranked as the number one fear. Now, how on earth could that be? Well, in doing a little research, the simplest answer is it's the fear of rejection, the fear of being ostracized. Anyway, we'll get into all that detail later. Now, did I tell you yet that I love public speaking? Do you think I always felt that way? Of course not. Look, I'm going to do a complete podcast on public speaking, but I will give you right here, right now, the three keys to being an effective public speaker right now. And why do you need to be a good public speaker? Well, if you want to be a leader, then this could be one of the most important skills you have. I've probably delivered thousands of speeches and talks during my career. And if you want to be a leader, you're going to do the same. So think about it. Are you not dazzled by an awesome public speaker on stage? Who isn't? So the question is, do you want to dazzle people or do you want to bore them to tears? In short, here's the three keys to becoming an effective public speaker. Ready? All right, here we go. Number one, speak about something you're knowledgeable in. Wow, that's deep, huh? But it makes sense. I mean, why on earth would you speak about a topic that you know very little about? All right, number two, know your audience. You can't imagine how many times speakers don't have a clue about their audience. And they literally speak in a language or tone that is so off track that they lose the audience in less than two minutes. It's true. I've seen it happen too many times. All right, number three, practice, practice, practice. Look, there is no possible way to get really good, to be a great public speaker, unless you practice. All right, more on this topic in future episodes. Are you getting a good feel yet for what I'm going to cover and how I'm going to cover them? Okay. Let me give you a couple more here. Good. Speaking of communication, did you know that you're the chief communications officer for your team? And all the people that work for you in the organizational hierarchy that reports to you. Yeah, it's a critical part of your job as a leader. Your team is looking to you, their boss, to keep them informed and provide direction and take charge, you name it. All of that requires you to be a good communicator. And sorry to break the news to you, if you're not up to that task, in my opinion, you will not, and I repeat this, you will not be a respected, credible leader. All right, here's another episode. Did you know that pride is the deadliest of the seven deadly sins? Yeah, for real. This is an episode. I'm not joking. Your pride and your company's pride will keep you from achieving greatness. All right, next. This one's a real sleeper. Did you ever develop a mission statement? I've developed more than I care to remember. Don't the words just want to make your eyes glaze over? Maybe even make you feel like vomiting? Look, it's actually necessary to keep your team focused and aligned on where you need them to go. All right, I'm going to make it easy for you. 
I'm going to help you develop a mission statement that you can put on one side of a piece of paper. All right, here's a good question for you. Especially those of you who want to reach the lofty perches of the C-suite, as they say. Do you have executive presence? Some of you might be saying, what the hell is that? Well, it's how you're perceived by others when you walk in a room, when you walk on stage, etc. Do you look like an executive? Do you act like one? Heck, do you even want to be one? All right, here's another seemingly boring one. Develop your financial acumen. It's a thrill a minute, no? Look, I've got news for you. If you don't know what the three fundamental financial statements of a corporation are and how to read them generally, and you're not somewhat conversant in corporate finance, then in all likelihood, you will never ascend to the C-suite. You need to understand the basics of corporate finance. Let me ask you another question. Can you manage a budget to within 1% consistently? Now, I'm not talking thousands of dollars. How about 10 million? 100 million? How about a billion? I'll provide experience in how to do this consistently with the right governance structure. Okay, a few more. Check this one out. Are you self-aware? Look, many people are not. I want to share an example. One CEO I worked for, he got up on stage in front of a thousand people. And the majority of this audience, they were frontline supervisors. People, you know, they make a decent buck, but they're certainly not wealthy by any means. And this CEO starts talking about his $35 million sailboat. I shit you not. This guy didn't have a clue as how to talk to people, what to say, what not to say, how to relate to people at any level. So look, did I mention before that you need to know your audience? You need to know your audience. You need to ask for feedback. I've had plenty of bosses, and yes, CEOs that never did. They never asked for feedback. And if you don't, you won't be self-aware. And if you don't ask for feedback, you also must think you're omniscient, and that's a real problem. Okay, moving on. Do you know what your role is as a leader? Generally, your role. Well, it's many things, but at, at its core, do you know what your job is? A leader does three things. They set direction, they execute, and they develop more leaders. They develop talent. Now, I'll do a podcast on each of these topics, but for now, let me say that if you want to get promoted, you need to develop someone to get ready for your job. I mean, at least two people, actually. Why would you think your boss would promote you if you don't have anyone ready to take your job? Okay, next, here's one of my favorite subjects. I'm going to have plenty to say about this dubious set of characters. Consultants. Yeah, I love consultants. You know, those folks who come into your organization, they interview and observe you and your people. They develop a nice, pretty presentation about what your problems are. Problems that you shared with them. They regurgitate that advice and they make recommendations that they heard from you and your team. And then they charge you a million dollars a month to implement it all. What a deal. All right, look, I jest for sure. But, you know, consultants certainly do add value in, in some very specific ways. But I will tell you that I can literally count on one hand, all right, maybe two, the number of consultants that I trust. Okay, hang on now. I've got more episodes. How about this for one? The dysfunction of the bureaucracy. You know what I'm talking about here, right? 
When you and your teammates are standing around the water cooler and shooting the bull in the ready room and you say things like, there's got to be a better way of getting things done around here. You're acknowledging the bureaucracy. What about silos? Do you have any in your organization? Lots of blaming others for problems that exist? All right, well, join the club. Okay, check this one out. That's the problem with people like you. You want results, but you never want to get your hands dirty. Now, this, of course, is uh, from a line from Kiefer Sutherland on an episode of 24, one of the best TV series of all time. You can't imagine how much this very situation occurs in the workplace. People in positions of leadership, and you notice, of course, that I didn't call them leaders. They expect you to do the hard work of getting results, maybe even turn their head the other way and wink as they imply that you should do whatever you need to do in order to get the job done. And then good outcomes start to emerge, right? Because you're getting results. You're doing what you need to do. But then after a while, some complaints start rolling in from the large masses of people who prefer the status quo. People don't like change in general. So that person in the leadership position, they bring you in and they say, you know, you've been too hard on people. I've seen this happen to countless leaders. Leaders who know how to get things done And they're doing it exactly as they should. Challenging the status quo. Demonstrating leadership courage. They're engaging people in the process. But then something goes wrong. The employees on the receiving end of the changes, they grow tired. They long for the good old days. And they start a bit of a campaign against that effective leader. And it all starts to fall apart. Now look, don't let anyone try and tell you different. I've seen it happen too many times. Okay, speaking of accountability, let me ask you, is there a lack of accountability in your workplace? Are goals not being met? People slacking off at all? Is the management team holding people accountable? Well, chances are they tried. And then the employee with a performance issue and or the union representing him or her, they complain to HR and then HR comes to your boss, taking the employee at his or her word. I mean, you've got to do the investigation. But then the inquisition starts to say that maybe you're not treating your employees right. So managers get tired. They get exhausted of having to defend their actions and their responsibility to administer accountability, ensure objectives and goals in the departments and their organization are achieved. I'm telling you, it's a vicious cycle. And it takes courageous leaders to call BS and push back and through on HR and at times weak senior management. Think I got a little passion on this one? So speaking of passion, do you have a passion for what you do? Or are you just working to get a paycheck, but you're really not interested in the company's mission or products it provides? Look, I'll have some guidance for lots of folks here on what their responsibility is. All right, let's stay positive. Here's a good question that many of you have, no doubt. If you have your undergraduate degree, should you go back and get your MBA? Well, the short answer is yes if your company pays for it through a tuition reimbursement program. If they don't, then look, you may want to think twice about going into debt in order to get it. I'll discuss this one in uh, a lot more detail. All right, here's one of my favorites. And I know I've got a lot of favorites. There are two kinds of pain. The pain of discipline and the pain of regret. You get to choose. Now look, this is an original. And I will absolutely credit those that I quote or refer to. 
problem with this one is that I couldn't find definitively the origin and author of this quote. And when I do, I'll make reference to him or her. Regardless, I can't wait to share my thoughts on this one. The pain of discipline and the pain of regret. All right, here's an oldie but a goodie that I personally heard earlier in my career when I inquired about an open job that would have been a promotion for me. Here's what I was told. You're on the list, but there's about six people in front of you, so you're not getting this job now. Ever hear the good old boy network? Well, that's what I ran into, and I left this company two weeks after I heard this. All right, what if I listened to my father? What if I hadn't listened to my mother? This is an episode in and of itself, but I can tell you that both influenced my life a great deal. And they had quite a life story. I've actually written about it in my blog already. All right, let's keep going. Recruiters, don't you love them? Middlemen, as I like to call them. I've got lots to say about them, both good and, well, you know, the not so good. And look, I'll always share both the positives and the challenges associated with each of the topics that I discuss. When it comes to recruiters, isn't it amazing that they get to decide if you're the right candidate for the job? When chances are, they've never done any of the jobs that you've done before, nor the one that you're seeking. Isn't that wonderful? All right, next one. I love this episode. The Boring Directors. Yes, yes. No, not, not the Board of Directors. The Boring Directors. All right, just having a little fun now. Boss Baby style. Look, the Board of Directors, they play a necessary role. But you should be aware they can be every bit as politically correct as any senior leadership team that they oversee, and sometimes even more so. So you getting that feel yet of what I'm going to be talking about? I hope so. I've seen a ton over the last 35 years. By the way, did I tell you yet about my Jack Welch encounter at Harvard Business School back in 2012? Well, I will. Yep. A whole episode dedicated to one of the greatest CEOs that ever existed as well as those precious few minutes that I spent with him. Rest in peace, Jack. All right, let me share one more with you. And you heard me talk about this concept earlier in the show. I'd rather be on the arena floor than in the stands. Great leaders don't sit on the sidelines. They are the gladiators on the arena floor, fighting the good fight. They are bold, daring, and different. They take charge. They take the bullets. They give the credit and take the blame. They work longer hours than most and are thanked less than anyone. And let me tell you something. I wouldn't trade it for a seat in the stands any day of the week. Now, I know this sounds like the Teddy Roosevelt man in the arena talk, but I actually didn't know that until just recently. I do now. I actually heard this concept from a business coach I had early on in my career. Her name was Peg Super. About 25 years later, I fully get the concept, having been in the arena for almost all of that time. Whew. All right, I'm exhausted. What about you? Well, look, I certainly hope not, because these are just some of the leadership topics that I'm going to explore. I'd appreciate any reviews and feedback that you have and your thoughts about what topics you'd like me to take on. Now, look, I, I have to tell you that by far, what's been the most rewarding in my career and my life is the privilege that I've had. And I do mean that, the privilege of working with and mentoring dozens of leaders, they've achieved remarkable success, both personally and professionally. So whether you're at the entry level or the executive level, allow me to serve as your leadership mentor. 
leadership is doing the right things. Management is doing the right things right. Excellence in both. They're of critical importance in being successful in business. Whether you're working in a large corporation, a small business, or a nonprofit. So use me as a resource to navigate your career, make sound decisions, and to get excited about work again. If you're responsible for people, money, and performance, and you're accountable for delivering the goods, the results, then the real deal is for you. If you want to be an authentic, credible, and respected leader, delivering outstanding business results year after year, and most importantly, be an inspiration to those around you, well, then the real deal is absolutely for you. Well, that's a wrap, folks, of the launch episode of The Real Deal. But don't go away yet. Please subscribe by clicking below and tell others in your network to do the same. You'll receive automatic notifications and new episodes. And as I said, feel free to leave a review. Remember, feedback is a gift. Sometimes we simply can't see what others see in us. All right, check out my leadership blog as well at gregcorrali.com and share with your colleagues and friends if you believe these are relevant topics that'll help them in business and the workplace. Each week, I'm going to leave you with the following words, words that I believe are some of the key traits of successful leaders everywhere. So until next time, challenge everything, set the bar incredibly high, and execute relentlessly.